Seventh season, the Lapped Traffic Podcast has brought you over 300 shows, driver and media interviews, awesome stories and entertainment, and one of the coolest fantasy leagues around. Get ready for another exciting season. Sit back, relax, and try not to get lapped. Now, here is your host, the Professor. What is up, Lap Traffic Nation? Welcome to episode 321 of the Lap Traffic Podcast. Yes, I am your host, the Professor Brandon Crowd. Hope everyone had a great weekend. There is so much to talk about. I'm just going to set the tone right now. I got a long monologue, long intro, whatever you want to call it. But here's what I will tell you. If you haven't checked out the title uh, of the show to see who's on, you are not going to want to miss NASCAR Chasm making his 11th appearance on the show. So stick around. Kaz is going to be on in just a little bit. I put some questions out to you guys that I have, uh, and there's just a lot to get into. Wasn't uh, Didn't do a show last week. So I want to start with with this off the bat. I was listening to one of my favorite podcasts, which is the Drew and Mike podcast. I've talked about them a couple times over the years here or there. Uh, they used to do Detroit radio and have been doing a podcast. And they were talking about their listen notes ranking and how they were in the top half percent. And I'm like, damn, you know, that's that's impressive. Consider, you know, you think of the Joe Rogans out there and what their audience must be and you know, these guys, while they're huge and have a huge following in Metro Detroit, you know, that's awesome. And I'm like, God, I wonder what mine could possibly be. So I go to Listen Notes, which is very reputable, and I type in the my, you know, lap traffic podcast. And lo and behold, ranks in the top 1.5% out of over 3.7 million podcast. Now, I have no idea what that means, but that just sounds pretty badass in my opinion. So, I you know, I did a little bit more deep diving, some comparisons, and you know, there are a lot that hit that category mark, right? Like it's not ranked 1 to 3 million, obviously. Uh there are caveats and and things of that nature, but just knowing how many podcasts there are both professionally done, both from the amateur side of things that are done, how many people pop up and do two shows, decide it's not for them. You know, a lot of factors, a lot of podcasts out there. But uh, I do think that, you know, top 1.5 doesn't mean, you know, it, it, it can't be a bad thing. So first of all, I just want to thank everybody for all of the support, all of the retweets, all of the listens, all of the downloads, and I, I, I can't thank you enough because I needed to see that because I got to apologize as well as I talk about that being ranked in the top 1.5% because normally if, if you've been a fan or if you've listened to the show for the last seven years... Normally, I do 40-plus shows a season. There's bonus shows thrown in the mix. And tonight is only episode 21 of the, the season, so to speak. Uh, so it's basically half of what I normally do. And, and I am bummed not to be here each week. No bonus shows. But the, the reality is, is that the real job has been very, very stressful and demanding uh, on top of obviously having an 18th month old will keep you very busy and change some focus and some goals and uh, take up some free time and all of that, which obviously, and I don't want to miss any quality time with Alden, who actually is going to be 19 months this weekend, which is crazy. So life has kind of taken over a little bit for sure. And Lindsay and I talked about it. There, there were a few times this year where I thought about just throwing in the towel for the season since I can't be as dedicated as I want to be. But she talked me out of that, which is good. And seeing that uh, ranking definitely helped uh, keep the spark alive in me, uh, which is which is good. And I will say to you now, I will do as many shows as possible between now and the end of the season. I don't know how many that will be. I will 
obviously be back next year in probably a similar capacity. Uh, and we'll definitely kind of, you know, revamp the show a little bit in terms of, you know, I'm probably not going to talk about the weeklies uh, races and it might just be more interview focused. Uh, the interviews may be. Maybe I'll collect a few and then drop them in. So they may not be as race specific. They may be, you know, I may approach interviews from a more general perspective. But uh, nonetheless, uh, thank you all for understanding and sticking along for the ride. Uh, it's It's been very busy uh, over here and, you know, looking forward to capping off season seven and, and doing a little revamp going into next year and, and seeing what the future holds for the podcast and, and still continuing to grow this thing as, as much as possible. So uh, there's there's my little uh, spiel there. Uh, weekend, busy over here. Uh, we had an afternoon wedding on Saturday, which was awesome. Had a golf tournament for the uh, golf league, which is now over. Had that on Sunday. Your boy over here kicked some serious ass, maybe won the tournament, shot a uh, 87, got a little help with the handicap, which took it down to a 68. But any day I shoot a raw 87, I will take that all day long. A couple birdies, a few pars, one a greenie. Uh, it's, it's nice to play well. I enjoyed every second of that. Hope you guys enjoyed the last show, episode 320, with uh, Truck champ contender grant Enfinger. Uh, it was great to have grant on and as i mentioned a few minutes ago i'm gonna have nascar chasm on here in just a minute and see what kind of shenanigans uh old kaz can cook up as well as get to some of your guys's take lap traffic fantasy we're gonna cut the league in half we uh expanded the playoffs to 24 and we're gonna go down to 12 here after this week at Bristol. Lots to talk about. So uh, let's let's get NASCAR Chasm on the line. All right, Lat Travic Nation joining me on the line, making his 11th appearance on the show. He is the legendary NASCAR Chasm. Kaz, what's up, brother? How are you, man? 11 times? Is, 11. That, is that accurate? That is accurate, yes. I have a spreadsheet and everything with everybody. There's been over 160 different guests over the last seven years. And uh, the the legendary uh, Jeff Striegel uh, tops the uh -huh. appearance list. But you are, you are in the top five, sir. Wow, 11 yes. times. Yes. Man, I just... Uh, I just really got to think of a better way to spend my free time. My gosh. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding, Brandon. I'm oh, I just it. kidding. I love it. I love, love it, it all. Love oh. you. Love the podcast, man. Thanks, it's man. all good. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah. Um, so what's new, man? It's been a minute since you've been on. Glad to have you back and uh, excited uh -huh. to catch up with you. But uh, what's new? How was the summer? Anything fun and exciting outside of the NASCAR uh, side of things? Um, yeah. You know, we've uh, uh, been to a few races this year uh, over the uh, uh, over the summer, we were able to, I mean, this is a total name drop, but one of the places we've always wanted to visit during the uh, summer break in the schedule, we've always wanted to go to Canada, to the Canadian Rockies, the okay. Banff, Golden, Jasper area. And not only is that area just stunningly beautiful, picturesque, it's like a desktop pattern come to life. Uh, we also got to hang for one morning with Cole Pern. Oh, no uh, up there and oh, got to, yeah i got to catch up with cole a little bit that was a lot of fun uh he ain't coming back that's all i'll say i've i've seen the area where he lives and i completely understand now that's awesome oh, yeah good times good yeah. times yeah but uh other than that just uh let's see where have we been this year uh you know went to coda went to talladega indy road course obviously um, just got back from Daytona. We're heading down to Bristol this weekend. It's uh, it's been a pretty busy year. Awesome, good deal, good deal. Okay, yeah. take the uh, if if you can, because you know obviously for those that don't know, you 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 work with NASCAR.com, so I understand that you know uh, some responses are, are dictated by that. Um, are you excited? Of course. <laughs> are you excited to uh, go to Bristol without dirt on the track? Yes, I am. Okay. I I love okay. I love Bristol in any form. Uh, to me, Bristol's like cake. 
I don't care what's on it, bro. I don't care what is on top of it, bro. I will, Just give me more. I will eat it up. That's, that's exactly what it is. You know, absolutely. But, you know, it, it's fun. It's different. It's, you know, odd to, you know, come back from the, oh, yeah, the Bristol Dirt Race. I was there earlier this year um, to wash dirt out of places you didn't know dirt could get. Uh, it's a lot of fun. But, yeah, with the uh, the, the – Having Bristol be an elimination race, I mean that's just uh, that's just it's fantastic. Awesome. We we it's never awesome. we never miss this one, and so yeah, I guess I mean it would bode well for Christopher Busher, would it not? He won this one last year. Yeah, no, for sure. And and what a hot streak! I mean, that's somebody that you have to be talking about right now. I mean, mm-hmm. here's here's somebody that you know uh, you you want to talk, and I'm going to kind of go and steal a, a Mike Tarico quote here talking about the Lions win over Kansas City and says, you know, there's an asterisk next to that. Here's somebody whose lone win, depending on your take on the sport, maybe had an asterisk next to that Pocono win and has gone mm-hmm. out and, and silenced the naysayers here. And, and I love everything about this run that that team is on right now. Yeah, no, that was I I guess I would understand if you'd slap a little asterisk next to that one because well, I mean, it's not like he's the only driver to win a weather shortened race. They count, yep, you know. Absolutely. They absolutely count in the record books, but fog, that's a weird one, man. For him to go out on uh this year and just absolutely slay, you know, it's uh it's it's just great to see Brad and the team you know, only take one year to really start having that team fire on all, on all cylinders like that. It's not just Chris, you know, winning races. It's that, you know, Brad is running well too. And yeah, they're, I mean, are they this year's track house? One could argue that that's the case. No, I agree. It's fun to see these, these teams come to this fruition, if you will, you know, not, not to say that everybody's clamoring for it, but it's, it's definitely refreshing to see, you know, okay, great. You know, it's it's not just Kyle Bush or Denny Hamlin and Kevin Harvick going out and flip-flopping wins. And, you know, we're talking about 12, 13, 14 different winners. Or we're talking yeah. about somebody that comes in from a completely different sport and picks up a win. I mean, it is – that's that's incredible yep. to see it, it from a fan perspective. I mean, it's got – gold written all over it because it's talking points left and right yeah no my uh, my idea which obviously no one ever listens to but my thought was if you were a playoff driver and if you dnf at darlington the first race of the playoffs in the first stage that shane van gisbergen should get your spot in the playoffs <laughs> i thought that that should happen if that happened you know like just one little added wrinkle one little added twist i love it to you know, get just have him sitting, you know, like waiting in a glass box somewhere on the premises and uh, just Shane ready to hop in, you know, Project 91. What, uh, um, you know, just uh, just put a little more pressure on these guys. Absolutely. No, I mean, I mean, what, 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 I mean, what a great, you know, caveat to, to throw in there Darn right. as, as something, you know, I, I love it. Speaking, yeah. speaking of yeah, Shane I, and all that, what did you think of, you know, the, the Chicago race? I mean, obviously, the the rain and the weather you know could leave a bad taste but you know you take mm-hmm. that out the fact we got it in uh nascar had to make some calls you know in terms of track time and or length and all of that but uh-huh. i mean to me I, I can't wait to watch that race again on tv next year oh yeah like, let's that that uh, yeah. was great I, think, I genuinely think that was a triumph worthy of a 30 for 30 I really yes, do. Now I know that there was I know that there was a lot of stuff that went haywire. I know that uh, three of the four concerts couldn't happen due to the rain. I know it had to be delayed. I know that the race had to be shortened. But all those things aside, if you looked at that weather map early in the day, you know you thought that it would be a cold day in hell when they get this race going. Right. And somehow, some way, they got most of it in, and it was absolutely thrilling. So. Yeah, I considered the entire thing a triumph. I thought, you know, basically all the factors were there. I mean, hate to use the term a perfect storm, but my, what a great (laughs) pun uh, there for a guy who has never run a cup race before to win. You know, uh, it's a street course 
these guys have never done it. It's a brand new street course that these guys had never raced. Uh, various other things, you know, very narrow, narrow racetrack. And Shane was used to all these things. And yeah, it was the the whole situation was just right for a first time winner or a surprise winner like Shane. And, you know, by by once the weather finally cleared out, it was just cool seeing fans get back into the stands and watch, uh, seeing residents standing atop subway station, uh, you know, like walkway roofs to get a, a, a peek at the action. I I certainly loved all of it. I hope we go back because I am I am going back next year. Yeah, no, I I, I thought it was fantastic. I think the, you know, from from the fan perspective, or not even fan, but you know, that wasn't just sold as a race. Come buy a race ticket. It was sold, you know, and marketed as a an event, an extravaganza, just mm-hmm. like you know. I know you've been to many Indy five hundreds. You know, it's it's an event. It is you. You know, you yeah. may have people that are coming. Oh, there's a race going on. I'm here for this. The atmosphere, the people, uh, and to be able to witness history, even though I may never watch another indie race or, or anything like that. Yeah. So that that's where mm-hmm. I hope next year that that doesn't, or I hope this year doesn't deter people from reinvesting into that because that atmosphere, you know would have been electric yeah. it was electric with with a very small percentage of those that were still there so no what a what a great great opportunity yeah great opportunity i mean if we're to if we're to talk about things that need an asterisk on them um even with i would say the overall success the race was you've got to slap slap a giant wet asterisk on that entire event you know there was a lot that went wrong a lot that that was that was out of our control but you know next year if everything goes, you know, everything operates properly and mother nature decides to not be a total succubus about it. Right. Um, and, you know, <laughs> doesn't, doesn't decide to circulate the same storm over Lake Michigan and, uh, cause a biblical flood that, you know, like causes the Chicago river to spill over. Yes. <laughs> oh God, that was mean. Uh, but yeah, I mean, if, if you can, if, if you could imagine that entire event three days with optimal weather, um, you know, it's it's almost like a mini Lollapalooza with a race around it. You got, you know, four very good, uh, very different bands, different genres of music out there, things for the fans to do. Um, yeah, I, 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 I'm going to be I'm totally going now. I wasn't able to go this year. I had a family commitment. But, you know, if this thing pops off again next year. I'm going now. The only thing I would like to have happen next year is uh, we had Cubs night at Wrigley Field. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we had a couple nights before. Now, it was Harrison Burton, Ricky Stenhouse Jr., and I forget who else, who were there to throw out the first pitch and be the guest conductor for Take Me Out to the Ball Game. But here, here's what I propose. Years and years ago, you know how they've had guest conductors for the uh, seventh inning stretch at Wrigley Field for years sure. since the passing of Harry Carey, right? If you Google or look for on YouTube – the worst performances of the uh, uh, take me out to the ball game ever. Jeff Gordon is always on it. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's like Mike Ditka, the Osbournes and Jeff Gordon. He, oh man, he called it Wrigley stadium for one. Uh, he he kind of botched the lyrics. It's not that hard. To, it's it's like right. a short song. Yeah, yeah. And so what I would like to do is I would like to have a Jeff Gordon redemption performance. I would say you know he would he could show up and he I mean if he if he calls it hey Wrigley Field boom he's already doing better and you know he can read the lyrics off his phone. We can you know it's just that's what I would like to see happen. A a a Jeff Gordon redemption. I love it. That that yes. would be cool. Yeah. That that would be. Yeah. I could. I could see that. Why not? Right? Like, yeah. you know, I know. Why not? Let's uh, let's dream big here. I yes. mean, granted, uh, Stenhouse and the crew—they actually did a really pretty good job. I mean, the, the team lost, but uh, still, yeah. they did a pretty good job. But I, I just think the uh, you know, it's like we could just finally have this redemption performance for Jeff, and it would go over really well. Should we let Roseanne get a redemption on her Star Spangled Banner from however many years ago that was? No, no comment, Brandon. No comment, buddy. We're just, uh, next topic. What else? What else is on the show sheet? Uh, uh, oh Kevin, gosh, you okay oh, there? Yep, yep. I'm good. I'm good. Um, okay. Stage breaks back at the Roval. Uh, what do you What do you think uh, about that? Oh, I mean, the Roval is chaos. The Roval has always been chaos. Um, so I think that with the 
uh, added restart zone that actually goes through. Uh, they're, they're going through the chicane now. The restart zones will go through the chicane as opposed to right down the straightaway like they previously did. You know, chaos is chaos, and so I say <laughs> inject all of it. You know, yes. we didn't uh, we didn't design the Roval to have a nice leisurely road course race. You know, we we really didn't. I don't think that was ever the purpose of it. So. I'm good with it, um, and uh, I'm pretty sure. I mean, everybody's reaction is pretty hyperbolic the day of. Yeah, oh, absolutely. But yeah. again, once uh, once we see like one or two stage break uh, restarts, everyone will. You know, if we see people cheering, or if there's you know another uh, twenty car shunt controller disconnected moment right into the tire barrier <laughs> of turn one. Well, I'll be, well, I'll be pumping fists, uh, man. Right, it's yep. no big deal. Yep, it's the yeah. playoffs, right? <laughs> Yes. Yes, it is the playoffs. Um, let's see. A uh, couple last couple things. Uh, Kevin Harvick still searching for his uh, first win of his le- uh, retirement year. Uh, I know we all can't pull out a crystal ball, but uh, you know, what do you think we might see out of that four team these uh, last eight races now? Oh boy, man! I don't know. It's weird to say they've been the bright spot for Stuart Haas Racing this year because that's oh, that's been rough, mm-hmm. man. Mm-hmm. And if you uh, you know you look at what the unfortunate uh, performance of the other cars, you got to assume that in spite of that, they somehow managed to point their way into the playoffs. And again, that's got to be viewed as a success. Um, boy, oh boy! I would say if I were to pick, I would think that he points his way into the next round sure and i'm basing that on absolutely nothing brandon yep no, i'm I just hoping <laughs> I'm uh, with you. and that uh you know maybe in the uh next round he could you know he, he's been pretty decent at texas i could say that he could be the one who pulls a surprise win at texas and winds up being that lucky soul in the round of 12 that does not have to worry about talladega or the robo i love it I, I love that. Yeah, because uh, the round of the round of tw- it's just the gauntlet, it's rough, man. It is. It, it is. is. Yeah. Oh yeah, it is. Yeah, it's the uh, like I said, you're you're gonna go through some s h i t, man. Yeah, we're gonna, yeah, we're gonna you're gonna go through hell here. Yes. No, I I love <laughs> and, yeah. the the last couple of years the playoff schedule for the Cup Series has has been impeccable. Like we talked about a little bit ago, yeah. you know, Bristol closing out round one. Uh, the fact that you've got the Roval in there, which is perfect. Yeah. The, you've got the super yeah. speedway. You have to have a super speedway in there. Um, you know, mm-hmm. Kansas has put on some great. I mean, you've got a taste of everything, but that round, that that one round, that is that is survival of the fittest, do or die. You've got to be yeah. perfect. Yeah, I mean, I, I looked at if you look at Talladega and the Roval, it's like, are we sure we shouldn't just cover Texas in dirt? I mean, let's right. just make this entire let's, round. Let's do it. <laughs> uh, yeah, an, an absolute like blender. Let's just, you know, put him through hell. Absolutely. So, uh, so yeah, but that would be my pick. He points his way through, and uh, then he will uh, steal, uh, wouldn't it not steal the win? He will win at Texas and be the absolute stunner into the round of eight. You there know, you it always seems like there's that one team that uh, defies, you know, all expectation and makes its way into the final four, uh, the championship four there. So, heck, maybe it's him this year. Why? Hey, we've seen crazier <laughs> things happen. That is that is for sure. Oh, yeah. Um, one of the things everyone knows that you are very famous for over at NASCAR.com are the, the fake texts from the winning drivers. Um <clears throat> What else you got working on? Anything you want to hype up? Anything you want to talk about from uh, NASCAR.com, sir? Uh, I'm actually, uh, if, if you want to see this uh, kind of sort of uh, uh, plain, homely face now, I've actually started working a lot over on the NASCAR TikTok, Brandon. Really? Uh, we're working over there. We're, uh, yeah, we're going to start uh, doing a little bit more over there. Uh, boy, it's a lot of fun. I didn't realize it at the time, but it is a lot of fun. And so... That's what I'm hoping to do when uh, we get to Bristol is uh, have a little fun with some drivers. Uh, got some ideas set up. So yeah, if you're if you're on the talk, um, I am. How how uh, how what's what's your uh, what's the age of your average listener, Brandon? I would say probably thirty plus. So not many talkers. I have a talk. Count. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. Exactly. Get yourself. A, yeah. 
here so here's here's the thing like you i just run out of time in the day right so it's i have creative nascar ideas like i i had this whole thing in my mind uh i'll give you a quick story here so the alden he turned one in february i bought him a fire suit for his birthday outfit so i was going to do this whole thing post-race TikTok, like poking fun of the race as him and victory lane each week and i'm oh. like oh i think i could really do something with this never did one yeah. video like because i'm just like between the real job this family life like i just legit ran out of time and i'm like man oh that, man that's the perfect well, that's... thing for tiktok that's the perfect type yeah of stuff. that's Make room, man. If you yes. become TikTok famous, you can quit that day right, job. I know. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, you've seen some of these people that are able to make a career on TikTok. Yes, My God, it's it depressing. Is, it is very it, depressing. It's depressing in that. I mean, I can't really, you know, as someone who did that on Twitter, it's not like I can talk about someone who did it on TikTok. More power to them. You know, it's uh, there's there's just so many ways to be famous these days. There, there really is. is. Yes. Yes. Except except for thread except for threads. No one cares about no threads. No one cares about threads. That is a true statement. Yeah. I'm starting to think no one cares about podcasts because it's like, you know, it it blows my mind in terms of like the numbers one show will do, but then the next week won't. It's like wait well, I mean, and I get it, everybody's got a podcast and it's like I gotta find a new mm -hmm. creative way to stay relevant and keep that name out there and TikTok might have to start getting some attention from me. Why, you know, why not, man? Put your, uh, put yourself out there. Yes. You know, put yourself on the talk. Put yourself on the uh, the be real. Put yourself on the uh, Tinder. I uh, wait, not that one. Not that <laughs> one. No, 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 no. Sorry, that, don't, don't, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. You're not. You're not. You're not that desperate. No, for, God, no, uh, no, uh, no. <laughs> no. Yeah. I need an intern. That's what I need. I need someone that wants you to, uh, you know. I, I I'm an I'm an LLC, so I can actually write a letter. So if uh, there's any yeah, anyone I mean, that wants a a unpaid internship with the lap traffic podcast, let me know. <laughs> well, I mean I mean Harbaugh's not doing much now. Right? You get yeah, him? I got a week for him. There yeah, you go. there we go. <laughs> Perfect. I love it. I love it. What a yeah. way to end, Chasm. Thank you so much, brother, for coming on the show. I appreciate you. Enjoy the playoffs. Uh, safe trip down to Bristol this weekend. And uh, I appreciate you as always and look forward to uh, appearance number 12 here at some point. Oh, oh yeah, me too. Number 12, it's got to be good. I got to th think of something better for that. Well, hey, you know, so here's the thing. I was looking back. It's like, you know, the when you would typically come on the show. And there were a few years it was always around the uh, the Peeps 400. So I don't know. Maybe, maybe you can incorporate that oh, yeah. back into uh, TikTok in some so fashion. Yeah. So for those uh, those concerned who have asked, here's what's going on with that. Um, we got a new microwave, a nice new microwave. And so what I'm going to have to do is this coming year, I'm going to have to purchase a used crappy microwave uh, that will solely be for the Peeps 400 because I can't melt 16 Peeps in this really nice new microwave. <laughs> and that that was the hold up. You know, there's there's always issues about, it, you know. Uh, there's always cancellations. There's always considerations, and that would be mine. Yes. No, so, I, I, uh, so yeah. So, so we'll get it. We'll get it back going. And yeah, like you said, maybe TikTok is the uh, the proper avenue for it. Yeah, you need like that five dollar twenty five year old Facebook Marketplace estate sale microwave. That's from oh, like yeah. nineteen eighty six. Oh yeah, there's nothing better than an estate sale one where yes. it's like this. This belong this this belonged to a dead person. Enjoy. <laughs> yes. Um, With so, yeah, those are great. years of caked pasta that blew up inside of it. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it's all yours, man. Yep. It's all yours. <laughs> I love it. All right, man. Thank yep. you so much for coming on, and uh, we'll catch you soon, you man. Bet. We'll awesome. See Thanks for having me on. Yep. We'll see you. Always a great time talking to NASCAR Chasm. Such a treat to have him on. And, I mean, I couldn't go a full year without having him on. So glad we were able to put that all together for you guys. All right. Let's talk some actual racing from this past weekend.
All right, let's do just a little bit of a reset from where we're at across all three series. Uh, Christian Eckes obviously picking up the win in the truck series this weekend. Uh, is that not how you want a playoff race to end? Three wide between the 11, 38, the 19. Um, here's what I will say. Tough break for, for Matty D. I know um, – his fan base is uh, is bummed out about that. Made a bid for it, you know. Props they did make the the playoffs, and you know, news came out that he was not going to be back with that organization here uh, next year. So you know, it's a tough break there, and very curious to see where Matt Benedetto lands. Will he get another truck ride? Xfinity, um, you know, only so many spots out there, so. Uh, Curious to see. I would imagine something is in the works. Otherwise, the, that statement may not have come out uh, as early as we're, you know, um, have we, quote, unquote, hit silly season yet? Um, so, yeah, curious to see what happens with, with Matty D. Sanchez has some work to do along with Ben Rhodes. But the top six are all right there, uh, which is awesome. And we've got Bristol this Thursday night, Talladega, and Homestead. To determine our final four, you know, when you look at it, Corey Heim, Christian Eckes, Grant Enfinger, Carson Hosevar, Zane Smith, Ty Majeski uh, are, are all just, you know, within 14 points of each other, you know. So that is uh, that that's that's going to be a hell of a battle for the final four in the truck series. Over to the Xfinity Series, John Hunter Nemechek just flat out dominated the last race of the regular season. It's it's crazy that, you know, trucks, here we are, already had a cutoff race. Playoffs in the Cup Series side of things, this weekend's our cutoff race. I feel like the Xfinity Series lost some attention in that regard and that this weekend was the last regular season race. Part of that may be due to a... Uh, a, a not so present bubble and things kind of already being what they may and just a matter of getting to the playoffs in general. Uh, but that said, you know, here, John Hunter Nemechek up top the leaderboard, uh, you know, 49 points separating him and 12th place Parker Kligerman on the reset. Parker was on a couple weeks ago, which was which was cool. Uh, but, you know, the cut line between 8th and 12th, you know, we're only talking six points. So there this will be a battle now that things are underway and that the grid is set. Uh, you know, Daniel Hemrick's kind of just really had a downturn since he won that championship a couple years ago. Uh, you know, Jeb Burton's still young. Sammy Smith's still young, uh, both with wins, you know, so there's that. What can Parker Kligerman do? Can he go maybe shock everybody at the Roval, maybe win his way into the next round? Very curious to see there. And Cole Custer, want to talk about him for a minute. You know, he's somebody, obviously, you know, uh, I don't know, you want to say step backwards, but uh, went from cup racing uh, back to the Xfinity series where he dominated when he was there in his first go around. And it was a very, very slow start for Cole Custer this season, but ended up two wins. And, and here he is sitting fourth on the on the receipt. So Cole Custer could go and make another bid for a championship here. So excited to see how this all plays out. Like I said, now that everything is is set and they're going to start their playoffs here. And I can't comment enough on how much I wish the Cup Series was at 12 drivers and not 16. But I have hashed that out a number of times and am not going to go down that rabbit hole at the moment. What I will do is talk about Tyler Riddick in the Cup Series and how he just doesn't win on road courses in super speedways. He is getting it done everywhere, uh, going out at Kansas, putting on a nice performance there. And ironically, you know, as I talk about Cole Custer a couple minutes ago in terms of, you know, it was Cole and Tyler battling for the Xfinity Series championship a couple years ago. And what a different trajectory between Tyler Riddick and Cole Custer. And if you looking back on it, when Cole and Tyler were the the top of the field in the Xfinity series, we were, you know, I know I was, and, and part of it may be Homer related because of Kevin Harvick and, and SHR, but you know, 
Cole was looking like he was stepping into the the more you know dominant ride potentially, or the dominant team at SHR who was just going out there and, and kicking ass. And you know, RCR was still quote unquote rebuilding. And you know, now you've got Tyler Riddick that that's moved on over to. 2311 and here he is you know um winning playoff or winning playoff races in the playoffs and uh you know sitting here second definitely obviously going to make it on to the next round and you know good potential at least to the final four potentially so uh we will see what happens there all right so now i uh, I, I asked you guys some questions yesterday today and uh want to have some fun with that uh one of the things that i had just put out there just you know uh what what do you guys want me to talk about it's it's been a minute since i've done just a random uh discussion topic uh, if you will so donna good friend of the show at i loves fast tracks what penalties don't seem the same for every team great question there um, you know, and I, I think it's the the haves and the have nots potentially, um, you know, maybe get a little bit different treatment. But we we see that in across all sports. Right. Like Tom Brady, you know, what would be a roughing the passer call on him uh, maybe isn't a roughing the passer call on a, you know, rookie quarterback because they haven't earned their stripes yet. You know, so from that regard, um, I, I think. And it's not even so much the penalties. I think it's what they define as penalties or, you know, maybe the car selection back to the R&D, you know, because technically everything from a pit road pit stop perspective is all digitalized. It's all computerized. And, you know, it's uh, that should be as black and white as black and white can be. Um, I think it more or less becomes. Uh, where we maybe see some leniency would be on track, uh, you know, assessed penalties and what that boils down to in terms of, well, what team is it and in that regard. And, you know, obviously, you know, your, your big three, your big four, maybe get a little extra treatment, you know, because they're the ones that are selling the tickets and bringing the fans in, so to speak. So, um, you know, uh, NASCAR would say no. Uh, is it? Is it a possibility from the fans' eyes? I, I totally, totally can see that. Uh, Randall at Zinn will win four. Will Ross be a final four contender? Uh, if Ross gets back to doing Ross Chastain things to where he's forcing himself to victory lane, I'd say yeah. Uh, and we haven't seen that out of him, I, I feel like. You know, we're talking about one race win out of Ross, uh, been in position multiple times. Um, you know, but I feel like going to Bristol, it's a scrappy race. Uh, that that's how uh, Ross likes to run. Uh, he likes to go out there and and fight his way to the front. So if we're talking about a Ross Chastain this weekend at Bristol, I wouldn't be surprised about that. I wouldn't be surprised at the Roval. I mean, I I very well could see the potential of Ross Chastain in the final four. Uh, but however, just based on where we're at now, if he doesn't make it, I'm not going to be surprised either. You know, there are a lot of drivers that just aren't friends on the track. You know, Denny's got his people. Kyle Larson has his, his people out there. Uh, you know, honestly right now, and here, here's the thing, the cleanest racing drivers, uh, you know, Tyler Riddick, you know, Tyler Riddick minds his P's and Q's out there, I feel like. Ryan Blaney does the same thing. Kyle Busch, honestly, does the same thing. He He's very difficult to pass, you know, but that's because he's Kyle Busch, um, you know. So it is a uh, it's an interesting field in terms of who we're talking about are, are the more polite drivers than who we were talking about maybe, you know, five years ago. So I could see it either way. Um, if I had to, you know, pick fantasy wise what I put him there, uh, I'd probably have him fifth. I'd probably I probably have him being the first guy that doesn't make it because I think it's going to come down to winning uh, each of these uh or I'm sorry, I think once we get to the round of eight, uh, the final four will be done by wins with only one person making it in on points. Uh, let's see here. 
Jeremy at Living Room War Wagon. Does NASCAR still have the redneck sport persona? And <clears throat> I think this answer, this is a great question too, and obviously opinionated here. I think if you are not a fan of the sport, the general consensus would be to label NASCAR as the redneck sport because that's what, you know, was the persona in the past, right? I think if you're a fan of the sport, I think if you are even a casual person, or I think if you've been to one race in the last <clears throat> five years, I I think I, I think it would be hard to give that label uh, just in terms of who comes to the track. I mean, you, you, you've got everybody that comes to the racetrack. You've got the dad bringing his son. You've got the guy that's been to that race for the last 30 years. You've got the executives. You've got the sponsors. I mean, if, if you really step back and look at who's attending a race weekend, week out, I mean, there are so many different types of people. You got white collar, you got blue collar, you've you've got people from this country, you got people that have flown in, you know, from a manufacturer perspective or a parts perspective. I mean, it is just such a diverse crowd uh, at the race. Uh, you know, maybe you don't see it in that regard, walking around the 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 fan plaza area, so to speak. But when you realize who truly is at the track uh, in large quantities. I don't see how you could you could give it that uh, that label any anymore. <clears throat> uh, Bob at Jumpy Bob, I'd like to see a two tire manufacturer system return to the sport. Hoosier and Goodyear. Um, I mean, <laughs> Tony Stewart was talking about that what 10, 15 years ago, uh, in in terms of just how bad of a tire product Goodyear puts out there. Um, you know, I think that would be awesome. Uh, you know, competition and you know who can develop the best tire, and I think you do that. It uh, you know. I guess it just depends on how do you roll that out. Is it a you have to make the decision on which tire you are going to use at the start of the season and you're committed to that tire for that season? You know, I don't like that way about it. Uh, what I'd love to see is an extra 20-minute practice to where you go slap on a Goodyear and you can go slap on a Hoosier, uh, you know, make uh, a few laps depending upon what track you're at. You know, go give them 25 laps at Bristol, give them 25 laps at Martinsville, give them five laps at Michigan, you know, so that they can see and then make their call which tire they're going to want to use for that race. I think that would be absolutely awesome uh obviously though it would be very costly you know if if hoosier and goodyear are both bringing enough tires for everybody to choose them as their primary someone may be going home with a lot of rubber in their truck but uh anyways i i think that'd be fantastic i'd, I'd love to see the competition uh scott 1985 wagner don't talk about how bad the Huskers suck. Okay, I'll just talk about how awesome the University of Michigan is and how awesome our football program is, even though we do still have a little bit of work to do. Uh, do you think when playoffs start that drivers shouldn't jump in cars that are in a division that hasn't started yet? I'm using Denny as an example. I don't think Junior should be running at Bristol since it's a playoff race. Uh, I, I can feel where you're coming from on that, and I – don't necessarily disagree. I agree on the Denny side of things, uh, especially since he's running for a championship in another series. Not as uh, upset about it with Junior since he's not competing in any series. But on the same token, my thing is, I, I, which I, I see, is that when we put such emphasis on wins, you know, and Junior is out there and potentially running a race what if he wins and what if the guy in second place would have won had junior not been out there which would have been an advancement to the next round and what if that guy wrecks the next two races and misses it on point so i could be talked into it because of that so yeah i don't necessarily disagree with you there sir all right another thing i threw out to you guys was what tracks over the years have you gone from not wanting to watch to I have to watch and, and vice versa? And Mick at, uh, oh, well, first off, that question was inspired by uh, uh, Racing Kansian, who was uh, on the last show, who talked about uh, going to the uh, couple races with a particular T-shirt. And he sent that over to me in a text. I'm like, I like that. I'm stealing that for the show. So uh, 
Uh, credit to at Racing Cants for this question. And Mick at GoDucks underscore five. I thought Kansas always put on a pretty good race, but a lot of fans hated it. Now I hear very little negative comments about the on-track product. On the flip side, Atlanta was a much or was a must watch race. Now I have two weeks that I can plan stuff on those weekends. Um, David at DW Turner 16, Atlanta had gotten stale and boring. The reconfiguration completely turned it around. So very vice versa takes there from Mick and David. Will it run its course? Probably. But until then, it's can't miss attendance for me. Oh, I just and see. That's what I love. Uh, you know, that's we're all fans. We all are fans for different reasons. We all, uh, you know, are, are attracted to different things there, which is which is perfect for me. It was, you know, when I first started really getting into the sport in the, you know, we'll call it 2001, 2002 time period for me at that particular point in time, it was the road courses. That was the weekends. OK, all right. I don't have to worry about it. I didn't get into it. I didn't like it. Um now I'm the exact opposite. Now I am I'm all about it, right? And it's it's crazy that flip flop there. And the other race for me, and I've talked about this, is is it's Pocono. That was a race that I just uh, that was a snooze fest, and that was a all right. Let me know that Denny Hamlin won, and I will you know check in next week with you guys. Honestly, the podcast is the real reason when I was you know as I talked about earlier in the show when I'm doing forty plus shows like and I want to talk about every single race. That's when my newfound love for Pocono. kind of came to be and as of late the racing has definitely been uh, a lot better there so thank you uh, for everyone's uh, feedback and takes and all of that good stuff I appreciate it all right uh, let's keep things rolling let's do a little lap traffic social media everybody make sure you check out the website the lap traffic podcast.com tiktok twitch instagram twitter all at lap traffic pc if you've made it this far into the show, leave a review. You Don't forget, I've got free stickers and koozies for you. All you have to do is reach out to me, uh, at me on Twitter, uh, DM, email, send out or fill out the contact page on the website, the live traffic podcast.com. Give me your name, address, send it out to you. Uh, I will definitely do another giveaway before the season's over or maybe do a season-ending giveaway, something along those lines. Maybe we'll throw something Kevin Harvick in there uh, just because, uh, you know, obviously had him on a uh, couple, well, with the the Michigan race and it being his last season. We'll uh, see what we can we can piece together there okay uh let's see uh okay wow all right it is time to wrap this thing up i thought i had one more page of notes to talk about and i i don't so it is time to close this thing out with a little lapped traffic fantasy and don't forget get your picks in by five o'clock eastern standard time on thursday and the big thing and this is what's going to make things very interesting this year is the fact that we are going from 24 to 12 players and i love the fact as i'm going to read the standings here in a minute uh you know it is very possible for someone that's in call it 18th to maybe go and make it to the round of 12 but before i get to all of that a lot of players picked up some bonus points myself included with john hunter nemechek uh this past weekend uh weekly high was our friend john entwinsel all the way down in australia with 156 points he had hamlin john hunter nemechek and Corey heim my picks kyle bush john hunter nemechek zane smith uh, favored fairly well for me as well, as you'll see here in the standings. Here we go. Here is our playoff as we head into the cutoff race this weekend at Bristol. Oh, and speaking of which, make sure you get your picks in because it's a Thursday night truck race. So don't forget about that. Okay, here we go. In first place has unseated 
unseated Andrew Yu, who dominated the regular season. Uh, Benton Wilson is in first with 259 points. Dan Sherwood in second with 251. Yours truly, top three, 238. Steven, DFS NASCAR guy in fourth, 236. John Etwinsel, fifth, 232. David Mullins in sixth, 227. Kevin Hahn, seventh, 224. Joe Hewson, eighth, 221. David James, ninth, 219. Mark Ludington, tenth, 213. You see the trend here, everybody? Matt Dombrowski in 11th to 11. Jonathan Lilly and Michael Nebbia are tied in 12th at the cutoff line with 204. Kristen Hoglund in 13th with 200. Andrew Yu is in 14th with 195. Jumpy Bob, 15th, 192. Logan Cummings, 16th, 192. Pete Curvin, 17th, 188. Tony LeBay, 18th, 187. Henry Fletcher, 19th, 184. Scott Boys, 20th, 175. Jeremy Waterbury, 21st, 174. Michael Mason, 22nd, 175. Michael Vickers uh, the is the lone wolf down there at the bottom with 145. Now, Mike, I'm sorry. I love you, brother. But uh, it, it may take a miracle for you to advance to the next round. I'd say the same thing for Michael Mason, Jeremy Waterbury, Scott Boys, Henry Fletcher, Tony LeBay, maybe creeping up into the realm of possibilities at 184, 187, with the cutoff being 204. Uh, but uh, Logan Cummings, Jumpy Bob, Andrew Yu, Kristen Hogland, it is it is not over. Also, the possibility maybe David James, Joe Houston at 219, 221, maybe they slipped this weekend. So it is definitely not over in terms of who is going to make it to the round of 12. Okay, let's get to the picks, everybody. It's Bristol, baby. We are going back to the last great coliseum we are going racing under the lights at bristol and there will not be any dirt on the track thank the lord for that uh, chris busher won this race last year has been on a roll as of late because we see chris busher back in victory lane i wouldn't be surprised kevin harvick won this race back in 2020 when we all thought he was well on his way to his second championship that was the last race he won that year and is still looking for his first win of his last year of racing and is sitting on the cut line. Could we see the Freaky Fast 4 car in victory lane? What 12 drop? What 12 move on in lap traffic fantasy? We will find out this weekend. Racing kicks off early. Let's get to the picks. My truck pick, I am going to stick with the 38 back-to-back -back weeks, and I am going to stick with Old Reliable in the Xfinity Series with John Hunter Nemechek. Here is where the surprise pick maybe for me comes into play. I am going to go with the 24 of William Byron in the cup race. And uh, yeah, HMS seems to be strong uh, at, at Bristol, obviously. So we will see what that does for me. All right, Lap Traffic Nation, that is going to do it for episode 321 of the Lap Traffic Podcast. Make sure you check out the website, thelaptrafficpodcast.com, Facebook, TikTok, Twitch, Instagram, Twitter, all at Lap Traffic PC. Huge thanks to NASCAR Chasm for coming on to the show. We will see what we can possibly put together for next week. Don't get caught chasing the lucky dog. Tune in each and every week to the Lap Traffic Podcast. See ya.